You're listening to Instructive's Insane Instruction Show. I am Ferry V. I create happy and safe users for over two decades. This is a listen and learn podcast to help your firm keep on the right side of the law by creating better information for use. How do you know you can trust what I say? I've worked in product development and compliance for a few decades and I've built up three companies and my blog attracts over 10,000 visitors a month. None of this is as important as keeping your company and your users safe. They're happy, their partners are happy and of course I am happy for them. Hi there and welcome to the show. In this podcast, we're going to talk about how to write software documentation. With software documentation, we mean online help, API documentation, and all other instructions for software applications. As a result of Industry 4.0 and buzzwords such as artificial intelligence, meta products, robotics, big data, Internet of Things, etc., Software and hardware products are very much interwoven nowadays. Also, in the current revisions of the Machinery Directive, the General Product Safety Directive, the new Legislative Framework Directives, software will include a more important role. As I think it's useful for companies selling software solutions or a combination of hardware and software to know more about how to create efficient and effective instructions, we will talk about this in this podcast episode. Together with my guests, I hope to provide practical tips on how to create clear instructions, improve customer satisfaction and reduce costs. In this podcast, we will discuss what is good software documentation? Why do we need good software documentation? How to create good software documentation? Using standards to create better instructions. We'll discuss available standards and specifically the ISO IEC IEEE 26514. We'll give some practical tips and we'll look into the future. My first guest today is Alessandro Stazzi. He's an ICT engineer, content strategist, and online help designer with over 15 years of experience in the management of technical documentation processes and related standards. He worked in several companies such as Engineering Group, Cross IDs, and IBM. Currently, he's an independent consultant working with several companies for addressing technical documentation solutions. In 2009, he opened the first Italian blog on technical communication topics. In 2016, he got a USA patent for on-demand synchronization of information. Alessandro is a member of the Advisory Board for Standards and Legislations of TCOM Europe, the UNI CT504 Committee on Software Engineering, and two ISO Committees on System Software Documentation and Software Product 7 System Quality. My second guest is Sissi Kloss. She has been a professor of information and media technology at Karlsruhe University of Applied Sciences in Germany since 1997. She is also CEO of C-Topic Consulting GmbH, chair of the board of Fisher Computer Technics, and one of the leading experts on technical communication. She is an internationally well-known lecturer and consultant for content management and information architecture. Sissi has defined the class concept method for developing flexible frameworks for topic and link classes. 
She is also the author of a number of books about single-source publishing, topic-based structuring, and mobile documentation. Her innovative research and management have been honored with a number of awards. Most recently, the Technical University of Munich's Entrepreneur of Excellence Awards. Sissi is an active TECOM member and specifically relevant to our talk today, a member of the Advisory Board of Standards and Legislation of TECOM Europe, the Advisory Board of Training and the International University Network. Welcome, guys. That's such an impressive bio of both of you. I'm so glad that you found some time to be in this podcast. And Alessandro, I know you have to go within 45 minutes, but thanks, specifically thanks that you made it to be here. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. Me too. I'm very happy to join the talk. Hey, Al Alessandro, just a, a few questions before we start. So you're into quite a few uh, committees. What, what, what is your favorite committee and who's your favorite committee member? My main, uh, my main work is in the committee of uh, technical documentation. Uh, um, my 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 skill is uh, about uh, software engineering, so uh, I'm part also uh, of the committee on software quality. But uh, it's really uh, difficult to uh, to work on both committees. So my my main engagement is with the working group two uh, related to software documentation. Okay, thank you, Alessandro. Hey, Sissi, and we're going to talk about software standards amongst others. And dur during one of our first uh, during one of our first talks, you said that you're actually not a standard girl. What what do you mean with that? For a long time, I didn't care about standards. And then I joined in, uh, at TICOM in the advisory board. And now I'm also a member of uh, the working group too for the software standards. And I have a different view now because I know how necessary uh, standards are and how helpful they can be if you know them. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Hey, and software documentation, what, what exactly is software documentation? How would you define it? From my point of view, it's um, documentation specific, yeah, specifically done for a software product. So, uh, and a software product is a special kind of product. It's a product, but uh, has uh, special features like uh, user interfaces and uh, context-sensitive help and embedded help. And all these things are very special to software. What types of software documentation can you use and can, can you name? Okay, uh, regarding the standards we are talking about today, um, it's always user information, information for users, so uh, people who uh, use software to do their tasks. Of course, we have a lot of uh, other kind of software. We have uh, uh, programming guides for programmers, and we have some overlaps. We will talk about uh, API documentation, which is um, very necessary today. And we have, of course, um, uh, software documentation for people like system and uh, administrators who configure a product, a software product for a special uh, <clears throat> environment. And um, so it's quite broad, uh, the whole possibilities for software documentation. 
but uh, the standards we are talking about today care about um, information for users, people who use software. But also for um, the users, there are it's still needed to have several standards, as I understand, because we'll discuss those standards in a bit. But before diving into the standards, uh, a question to both of you. Can you give me uh, 10 characteristics of good software documentation? Software documentation uh, have to be uh, mainly uh, for uh, users that have to 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 use the, the, the software. Uh, so uh, the main characteristics, uh, uh, in my opinion, is that uh, uh, the, the 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 focus is uh, uh, what the user have to do. Uh, for example, uh, um, you can achieve this uh, if you if you uh, um, are able to implement minimalism principles. Uh, minimalism is one of the the main elements uh, for uh, for starting to 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 write a good software documentation, and uh, software documentation have to be also uh, tailored for different user persona, uh, because there is the the information for users for the administrator of the system, there is the the information for users for the, the 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 final user uh, and there is the uh, information for users the, for uh, troubleshooting um for uh, the error messages of the application especially especially uh, uh, for software uh, of class enterprise uh, when i i i say Class enterprise. I I mean uh, software of very complex systems with uh, uh, thousands on features, and uh, this is the type of software uh, on which I have worked on all my uh, career, and uh, and this is something very uh, very complex to address. Uh, be, because uh, uh, you, you have a platform, for example, with different graphic user interfaces, with uh, different characteristics. And um, uh, it, it's really important to have always in mind the, the, the idea of the user that uh, have, are using the, 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 the software uh, that you are uh, documenting. And um, there are a lot of other characteristics that uh, are important. Yeah, Sissy, do you have some other uh, characteristics to add? Yes, I can. Uh, I can uh, emphasize what um, Alessandro said. It should be task oriented. That's very important. Exactly. And it's not easy to uh, work out the tasks uh, users will do with the software. So this is an uh, a process. It's it's never ending. You, you you should always be ready to improve it, to work on it, because uh, the task orientation is very very important. And of course, it should be concise and minimalism, as Alessandro said, is coming in, <clears throat> especially also in the new standards, because it's so important to bring it in an effective way to the users. So because they have not 
time to read or uh, search for information. They want it very fast and then effective. So, um, and in addition, it has to be attractive. So it should use the channels available today, not only, uh, of course, paper, not only screen, but also audio or <clears throat> some other kind of uh, possibilities. Video instructions are very famous at the moment. So again, this changed a lot. And in software documentation, there is the place where it can be uh, uh, implemented, especially new techniques can be implemented always very uh, soon because, you know, it's all digital in its software. So also the documentation can be very modern and this is, ne this is very necessary also. Yeah, and, and, and task-oriented is just one of the principles of minimalism. Um, what do you think of, of embedding uh, error um, information? It's, uh, I think, the third principle of minimalism, providing error information. Yes, yes, it's another principle of minimalism uh, about the, the troubleshooting for, for strange situations that can happen during the use of the, of the software. Yes, and uh, of course, uh, ideally, the software uh, cares about uh, errors and behaves already in a way that the user does not have to uh, work out what to do because the software knows it already. But this is also um, not always perfect, as we know. But um, modern software is more prepared to detect errors in an early stage, to prevent errors ideally, and to help users directly in the software to um, prevent the errors. But still, software, its main function is to be task-oriented. Um, can, can, you, can you give me some examples of typical software tasks that a user needs to perform? For example, when uh, you have to uh, uh, define uh, uh, the permission of uh, uh, a specific user for accessing uh, to a resource of, of the system, uh, this is a typical situation when, uh, uh, for example, uh, step one is uh, uh, authentication of the user to the system. Uh, step two is uh, to present uh, uh, the, the the credential of the role of the user, and step three is to receive the assignment of the um, of the permission related to the specific role identified by the specific credential of the users. Um, it, this is a typical uh, example of a, a three-step process uh, that the user uh, have to do for uh, for authenticate uh, itself to to the system, uh, and it. it 
the, the, the typical structure is uh, uh, a list of uh, uh, precise and short instructions and clear instructions for the reason that uh, uh, CC has uh, indicated before, because the user uh, have to, to have to do some work and uh, must be always very clear what the user have to do. Another example for today, we uh, use the software and want to record our uh, nice talk. So um, this is our task. How can I record this talk? And then we use the software and have to know what to do so that we can uh, make a good recording. <laughs> yeah, so when you would write the, uh, the, the software documentation of the tool that we used to record this talk, then you would ideally start with the first topic would be how to record the talk, for example. Yes, exactly. because this is very important and uh, an important task. And then um, uh, it's also um, very important not to describe everything which is possible. As Alessandro said already, our products are mighty products and have a, a lot of features. So um, if we try to describe everything in detail, the user won't read it. So we have to focus on the task and then say, yes, to record, you just press this button and that button and take care of that. And then you're, you're fine. So that's, that's very important to work it out. And of course, as you know, and as you see, you have to know the task yourself when you are writing such task-oriented documentation. So you have to check it out, test it. And this is a very interesting job, of course. Yeah, and, and th there is, of course, a reason that tasks play such an important role in, in writing software documentation and standards about writing software documentation because, and it's getting better, but... Still, there's a lot of software documentation that does not start with a task, but simply with summing up or describing complex processes, etc. So information that does not help the user to, to complete the task. We can refer uh, also to, uh, for example, uh, data standard. Uh, um, and that's uh, the, the very important standard for structured content. And in there, uh, we, we distinguish, uh, for example, three types of uh, uh, contents, uh, uh, task contents, uh, uh, conce concept con conceptual contents, and reference contents. So you, you, you have right, uh, um, uh, the, the software documentation is not uh, all task-oriented, uh, uh, it's not all task contents. There are other types of uh, uh, information that can be classified as reference or as uh, concepts. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, uh, Alessandro, but, but that's not exactly what I mean. Uh, I mean that there's a lot of bad, bad software documentation. Ah, out okay, there. okay, okay. So you need to be. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You, I agree. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, you know, because uh, from the um, developer's point of view. Very often, the surface uh, should be described with all the beautiful features in it and all, everything like that, but not from the uh, user's point of view. So there are different views, and it's uh, um, as we will talk about that later with uh, topic-based structuring. You can even um, 
care for both views and because it's also important to describe features, as Alessandro said, we can't uh, only describe tasks, we also have to describe some concepts sometimes or some reference material. But uh, uh, from the user point of view, it's important to have very task-oriented and concise information. And another um, uh, bad <laughs> user documentation you can find today in software is that uh, sometimes the task only describes the user interface. Click this menu, click that button, but not what is the task behind clicking, you know, and that's what is important for the user. So um, we should not describe the user interface as such, but the task behind it and to work out what is the intention of the user and how can he reach or she her goal. That's uh, what we should do and work out. Yeah, so that means that actually when you start writing documentation for a new piece of software, you should start with identifying the user and identifying the tasks that the user uh, needs to Absolutely, perform. absolutely. Uh, when you have asked to us uh, the most important characteristics of software documentation, uh, perhaps the, the main characteristics is uh, that uh, we have to, uh, to, to, to have in mind uh, always the, the, the point of view of the, of the user. Uh, the point of view of the user for, for describing the, 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 real, uh, the real tasks that the user uh, needs to do. Clear, yeah. And, but but in, in daily practice, um, I think Sissy already mentioned it, um, developers often write software documentation Especially today in agile processes and in doc uh, as code approach, uh, there is a, a, a good ratio of uh, um, documentation that in, in, the, in, the, in the first round is, uh, uh, is written directly from the developers. And, and you're mentioning agile processes. And I think one of the standards on software documentation is about agile processes. Um, does the standard describe um, that it's, it's the best way to develop the, the software documentation is by having the developer making the first draft or would you ideally involve a technical writer in that process? Yeah, that's a, a very interesting question and it's very important because uh, uh, this is a, a good point to work uh, to see how helpful the standard is because the uh, 26515 is about agile development and agile documentation so there you can find really good um, help and regulations how um, information um, developers should be in the team from the very beginning in every agile team so that this person or these persons can care about the information for users from the very beginning of the product development. Yeah. So maybe we can dive a bit more into the standards, but, but before um, we do that, so what are, what are your personal most important software documentation requirements? Uh, there are uh, a lot of... Uh, uh, I, I repeat the the the, mm, 
for example, before to start to writing software documentation, especially if, for, if you have to address a large volume of documentation, for example, you have to define uh, uh, the terminology that you have to, to use uh, uh, during the, the, the writing of the documentation. Uh, there are different requirements. Uh, of course, uh, it, 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 it's important to be uh, compliant with standards. Uh, I worked in, uh, in IBM for four years and uh, uh, in IBM, I, I have seen a, a great organization about uh, different standards integrated together for uh, producing good documentation. Uh, uh, technical standards for structured contents like DITA, uh, ISO standard like uh, 26,414, for the management of the process, um, uh, standards uh, related to the to the writing uh, of contents like uh, IBM uh, style guide and uh, uh, principles of uh, simplified technical English. All these standards together, mixed together. Uh, are uh, uh, necessary in, in a big company, for example, but also in a little company uh, sh should be necessary to, to, um, to agree with some, with some standards for, uh, for a lot of reasons, for, uh, for compliance, for, for um, for to be consistent uh, in, in the in the different version in the different documents that you are producing for a specific software uh, for the help online uh, and so on. Uh, so uh, th there are different there are different. Uh, the, it, it's difficult to say one specific. Uh, 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 requisite and we we have uh, spoken about uh, minimalism and, and task orienting and and for example th th these are in, in my opinion two two very important uh, uh, two very important uh, requisites. Just to add uh, some things, of course it must be or should be correct and uh, very often software documentation is outdated uh, not the whole thing but uh, parts of it and that's very annoying for users to uh, see that what is uh, uh, the information is not fitting to the current version of the product so uh, this is a is really very very important and another very important feature is access. How can I find the answer for my question fast? To have a good navigation, but also a very effective search capabilities and a good uh, linking into the right point where I find the answer to my question. Good, uh, good additions, uh, Cecilia. Saying uh, you're talking about navigation of, of software and. I think when you uh, talk about the medium in which software documentation is provided, it can be either still 
like a PDF uh, made available uh, online, or it can be, of course, through the online help uh, function within the software, uh, which is, I think, uh, a better way to provide uh, software documentation. Mm, so talking about the PDF, then the navigation would be the table of contents. So when you use clear headings and the user who goes to the table of contents, sees a clear heading and knows, well, sees in the description of the heading that that section, that topic gives an answer to the user's question, then you're talking about good navigation, right? In online help, you have more possibilities, of course, and modern tools that help you also to um, build in uh, filters. So a user can say, I'm only interested in uh, information about this special version, this special kind of um, uh, product. So then uh, the navigation is also um, already uh, shrunk to the user needs. So it's not so much. Because if you have to search through a, a long navigation list, this takes, again, a lot of time. So it's very important to help always to, to bring the user to the point. Uh, so in many ways, and um, hopefully um, the tools will still further develop and we will uh, have always new features to improve, uh, to improve access. Yeah, okay. And then the other thing you mentioned is that, um, that there often software documentation is outdated. So it does not contain the latest uh, the user interface, for example. And I think it's one of the most annoying things that, you, <laughs> one of the most annoying things in general, you know, there are so many tools that, well, I use online, and then I, th I think I'm not the only one for my, my email client, uh, my, my Google AdWords, um, business-wise, so many software tools. And, um, well, sometimes you can't always find everything, and your, your content, content, con consulting the online support, and in 90% of the cases, the user interfaces is updated, meaning that the software documentation is outdated. Yes. <laughs> even even companies like like Google, um, well, they have they have technical writing courses online which are freely available. Um, they have a big big team of Google uh, technical writers, but um, often, quite often their documentation is is uh, not that user friendly. Yes, that's true. <laughs> And now, what, what what would you say? What is the what are the what is the importance of good software documentation? So, what how could companies benefit from creating better software documentation? Well, uh, we are in a, in a, in a very interesting age for this question because. Uh, uh, traditionally, traditionally, where uh, where we use the on-premise software. Uh, the, the the documentation for for uh, software on premise uh, it's something that uh, arrive in the after sale uh, phase but today with the software as a service the the technical documentation is really becoming a, a driver of business because uh, the the user before to, to buy a, a software service, uh, want to know really if the software service 
is is uh, is uh, able to 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 resolve their their problems. Uh, a user before to buy a software service want to know the the characteristics of the software, and it's very important. Uh, the technical documentation associated to the software service. So, uh, um, in a software as a service uh, age, technical documentation is becoming very, very important than the previous age of software on-premise because uh, a, a, in, in a software on-premise uh, it's something that uh, I buy before to see the, the, the documentation. And uh, if the documentation is, is, is not so good, uh, I have already bought the software. Uh, but uh, in, in, software, in software as a service, uh, it's really, is really important to provide uh, information for users that uh, can persuade the user to buy the software service. Yeah. Do you have anything to add, Sissy? Yes, I would say from the uh, information developer side, it, my point is always to have a topic-based structure, a sound topic-based structure, because you have to be ready to always improve, to always change the information for users because it's never, as we said already before, it's never ready and you learn um, what users need when the software is in use. And as Alessandro said, we have to provide information at the beginning or even before someone is um, caring about the software and we have to provide it when using the software and also um, uh, when it is changed and updated. So uh, from from my point of view, topic-based structuring is is key for success. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and it's topic-based structuring. It, it's very much like a soft software terminology. Um, I think it's, well, in a previous episode, we talked about the, uh, the A2079 uh, standard on, on information for use. It's a very broad standard as well, but wh why do we need separate standards for creating software documentation? Why is it not included in the A2079? Because uh, A2079 is uh, an horizontal standard for uh, every type of uh, information for users for every type of product. And uh, uh, software documentation... Uh, uh, has some uh, specific characteristics, and but for example, the the the, the standard uh, twenty six thousand five hundred fourteen, it's it's uh, focused on software documentation, but main concept and main characteristics and 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 main best practice described in the standard can be used also for writing documentation for any kind of products. So, uh, uh, sometime uh, we have to think that uh, there, are, there are standards 
let me say, general purpose like uh, 82069 uh, that give you the the, the, the the basic principle, the the, the, the basic best best practice, the the the, the the, the, the background, the best practice for every type of, uh, of product, but uh, software is uh, for a lot of reason a particular type of, of product. It's also a historical point because, uh, you know, um, uh, 82079 um, has a history in coming from the classical um, documentation, which is mainly in uh, hardware and machinery, uh, where it was needed uh, very urgently and also coming from law. But uh, software uh, was not included in at the beginning. It's only coming in the latest version um, that also the idea of topic structuring and software is coming into this standard. Um, and also minimalism. <laughs> and software documentation uh, was there already before, you know, a long time before. So um, people um, in the software industry cared about special uh, uh, user information in the software area. And what was very, very helpful is not there anywhere else that they uh, picked out the different roles included in the information development process and made a special package for each role. And this can't be found in any other standard up uh, to today. So this is very special. And as Alessandro said, these standards are not only uh, uh, relevant and interesting for uh, software um, Uh, uh, areas they can be used everywhere where you have to produce information for users because you have everywhere the different roles and you have everywhere the tasks in the information development process. So they, they are additions. They are not um, something uh, repeating, but they are really something special. Yeah, thanks for adding that, Sissy. Um, so let, let, let's say that uh, I'm working at a company that develops software or maybe a combination of hardware and software products. And uh, I'm, I'm a technical writer or maybe I'm, I'm a developer or, or head of the documentation department. And we've been creating software documentation in the old-fashioned way for many years, but we want to improve our um, software documentation and I know that there are several standards available uh, 26514 and then the other standards but I don't know uh, everything about those yet where where do I start how can I use the standards to to lift uh, our software documentation to the next level for this role the 26511 is the best starting point because it addresses explicitly managers of uh, documentation departments or project uh, <clears throat> leaders who have to set up a project and to manage it um, until a successful end. So there you can find very helpful information. What are the tasks? What do you have to consider from the very beginning? And how can you keep um, control over the project when it's running? and over the team 
uh, and this is really the best starting point for such a role. Right, and and that's the case when I've uh, I'm working on a, a documentation department. So when there are several writers, several developers, uh, including a manager. And w- what if I'm a small startup and uh, it's just me, the developer, who is developing the software, and I I'm assigned to create the software documentation as well. What 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 do I do then? I would also start there because, um, you know, even if you are only one person to manage everything, you have to manage it. And, you know, uh, perhaps you you do not have the task to set up the whole team because you are the team, but still, you know, what should I consider? And there you uh, learn about uh, how can I work out the tasks which are relevant for my users, for whom I produce, uh, have to produce the documentation. Uh, what faces uh, in the de- information development process do I have to consider f- from research to the end production of the final res- uh, information product? So this is, again, very helpful if you have not made already a lot of projects and have not that experience already. Okay, so that's the most important st- standard, you would say, to make a start. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and w- w- what's what's next? So yeah, then it depends. Um, again, um, it depends on your role. If you are a technical writer and producing the um, information for users yourself, then the uh, the new twenty six five fourteen is uh, certainly the best to continue with because there, this is. Uh, especially addressed for technical writers. So there you find details about the information products you can produce and also the information development details during your writing process. And you're, you're saying new, so the new 26514, meaning uh, there's a new version or it, it's being developed at, at this moment? Uh, all the standards had been updated in the last years, and the last one to be uh, finalized is the 26.514, uh, and this is not yet out, the, um, the new version, but it's nearly, perhaps even up to the end of this year, the new v- version will come out. All the others uh, from the <clears throat> series 26.5 are already out in an updated version. Only this one, <laughs> the last one, is still uh, missing. Yes, very likely the new version will arrive uh, at the end of the year or uh, at, uh, at, the, at the start uh, uh, of, the, of the next year. But... Uh, we are we are in the in the final rush. <laughs> Can you tell me something about the, the major updates? So what what are the main differences compared to the the former version? Oh, the 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 standard uh, uh, traditionally is uh, uh, the, we, we are speaking about uh, uh, twenty six four hundred fourteen uh, is shared in, in two parts. The in the first part. Uh, the standard covers the user documentation process uh, for designers and, and developers of information for users. Uh, mainly describe uh, how to establish uh, uh, what information users need uh, 
and uh, which uh, information should be presented to the users uh, uh, and, and, and so on. It, it's something that related to the, 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 the management process. And the second part is uh, mainly related to the structure, the information content, the format of user documentation, uh, including uh, printed on screen uh, and, and, uh, and so on. Uh, in, the, in the new in the new version of the of the of the standard this uh, this main division is maintained uh, but uh, the, there are a lot of uh, uh, news related to the structure of information for users um, uh, there are some news. Ceci, can you briefly describe some more um, major changes on a, on a, on a high level? Uh, okay, uh, what is new in, um, in the, will be new in the new version of 26.5.14 is that uh, user-generated content will be considered, which is very important in our days, especially as I think in software field, because uh, uh, users who use the software know sometimes very good uh, the tasks they want to perform and how they can uh, really uh, perform it successfully. So um, uh, you see it with the videos in YouTube. Uh, people very often only uh, use these videos or net or, and do not use the information products um, provided by the <clears throat> vendor. So it's uh, very important to consider user-generated content. And it's very important to consider new kinds of channels like chatbots or um, even podcasts, as we do today. There are quite a lot of uh, podcasts out there about uh, some special features. I I know a series of some um, podcasts for InDesign. They're very nice. Only a short feature is taken out and uh, and so the people know about the feature. This is very important, especially as Alessandro said, we have so many features and people are not ready to search in the software for all the features. But if they hear, oh, this is uh, something very interesting, then they are uh, ready to go and look for it. And this is so important. And to reach this goal, we have to... Um, to uh, make attractive, uh, yeah, new ways of information, and this is uh, also addressed in the standard. And um, how to make it uh, again effectively? So, for example, for uh, <clears throat> screens, we have today uh, um, screenshots. We we can make simplified screenshots. So even we have software to do it in a simplified way so that not all details are in the screenshot because this is very uh, a lot of work to keep it updated. And sometimes only a special part in the software is interesting or even a special point. And with these simplified graphics, you can do this more effectively and then it keeps Longer and all these things are addressed, and these are very software specific in the new um, version of the 26.5.14. Thank you, Cecilia. And then, what about the principles of minimalism? Minimalism are these being 
addressed of as course. well? Yes. Minimalism. Yes. Is... Yes. Is <laughs> addressed. Is addressed. <laughs> yeah. And, and are you mentioning uh, well, you're mentioning updating software documentation again. So how to update screenshots, etc. Do you, do you have any in general tips and tricks on how to update software documentation when, for example, the user interface changes and and the, the software documentation is, for example, available in in maybe twenty four languages? Yes, that's a very important point. And um, for my experience, and I did a lot, a lot of software documentation in the last thirty uh, years. So um, the best way is to keep the <clears throat> controls of the software interface separate in separate topics so you can find the topic quite easily and change it or even delete it and bring in a new one from the new user interface so that you do not have to change always the whole package because uh, as you know this can be a lot but you know exactly where is the topic where this control or this uh, part of the user interface is described and then you can also update it fast so this is the only chance you have if you if you write the details everywhere in every uh, description then you never you never uh, will an updated version where you can manage everything because it's too much so you have to um, you you have to keep the places where the user interface is described very clear in the structure of your information uh, sources and then you can update it effectively that's my experience one one of the reason in my opinion of the success of agile processes is uh, properly related to the ability in agile processes to react very quickly to any type of update and as I said uh, CC uh, of course also in uh, updating of uh, information for users shown in the in the user interfaces and all the all the the related the work that you have to work uh, that we have to do, sorry, for, for translating in different languages. And it's necessary uh, to have uh, the, the, the ability to, uh, to respond very quickly uh, because software products are a product that can change uh, a lot of time, version after version, and for this reason, this is one of the reasons, in my opinion, for the for the success of uh, agile approach. Thank you for adding that, uh, Alessandro. And then maybe we're we're not mentioning 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 it, <laughs> mentioning it specifically because we're all um, documentation specialists. But um, when I hear you guys talking, I think okay. Um, maybe we need to emphasize that, well, using a content management system when developing software documentation is almost unavoidable when you want to keep track on updates, etc. Do you agree? I agree. Com component content management system are uh, the, 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 the best friends of, of uh, technical uh, writers, uh, uh, information developers, um, and uh, they, they, are, they are strategic 
Uh, I repeat, especially uh, for a uh, large volume of documentation that uh, must be continuously updated, uh, that mm, uh, must be translated in different languages, uh, and uh, um, together with uh, uh, translation memory uh, tools, uh, and uh, for topic-based uh, approach, and uh, reuse of contents uh, and uh, for the the, 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 the management uh, very very effective uh, and precise uh, and rapid of uh, all the, the the management process uh, in my experience i have seen a lot of company uh, generally little companies but not only uh, so 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 much little companies that uh, uh, today uh, uh, are not using uh, uh, component content management system in their uh, workflow and uh, I, I seem uh, something very uh, very strange which means that they that they are still using with uh, Microsoft Word for example yeah and uh, another point which um which I can add for a component uh, content management system is the collaboration in teams. You know, um, uh, as soon as you are more than one uh, technical um, writer or information developer, you have to uh, co-work with others. And then um, uh, such a system helps a lot to manage the cooperation so that they can work in parallel and still everything is there. Everybody has access to everything. And um, this can never be uh, reached with word files sending around. As you know, <laughs> that's uh, very important. Yeah, and Sissi, you, you're, uh, uh, Alessandro, I think you have to go now. Yes, I have to go away. Uh, <laughs> so th thank you, Sorry. thank you very much, Alessandra. So we may continue this. Yeah, have a nice day, Alessandro. Okay, thank you, thank you very much, Ferry and uh, and and Sissi. Uh, uh, at the next time, I hope. Yes, at the next time. Yes, <laughs> have right. a nice day. Bye bye. Bye bye. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, Sissi, you you so you're talking about uh, team co collaboration, and I I read in your bio, I will just. Um, mentioned your 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 bio, so you, you're you're in the the board uh, of of a manufacturer or developer of a uh, content management system. Um, how how so how, how do you have a solution for uh, working in teams? Okay, uh, the the basic is the database system which controls access, so you you can um, work together at the same time because you have different accounts and you don't um, uh, come into conflicts. If one person opens a topic or a component, another person can still work on other components and uh, uh, you do not have to wait until uh, the person finish, uh, finishes the work you can already work in parallel and this is so helpful and the uh, database system uh, cares about the uh, <clears throat> manage the access and this is not done in a, a normal file system you know yeah so it's about checking and checking out version control etc um user um user roles and responsibilities defining them 
Okay. Um, so I, I, you're working for Fisher, Fisher right? yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there, there are several authors who want to give some some uh, practical tips uh, when users, uh, developers of technical documentation want to switch to a CCMS. So Feature is one of them, author it. I think Confluence is specifically built for software documentation. And Madcap Flare, um, Adobe FrameMaker are all similar um, software solutions to write documentation. And Alessandro also mentioned that using such a CMS helps you to easily update your content, helps you to to manage your translations because often it, it's includes a translation memory but most of the solutions also help you to publish your documentation into several formats as in can be either pdf output can be uh, online help so meaning uh, html files yes um, uh, it's not only the publishing uh, point of view but also the other uh, point of single sourcing you you know single sourcing is very important on the um, information developing side so single sourcing means ideally you have a content only at one place and can uh, use it in several ways for several combinations collections and also for several publications in several formats for different media and in any case a uh, content um, management system helps you to uh, manage this. The one point is you can make different collections out of the same uh, pool of topics or components because the system helps you to collect the uh, pieces you want to bring into a publication, to bring them together in the right order, in the right uh, <clears throat> hierarchy, and then to publish it as you said, in different format, into different formats for PDF, of course, still, but also for a lot of different uh, digital online formats, and this is so helpful. And and so it's uh, you're mentioning single sourcing. Is is this something something that is uh, being discussed in uh, the twenty six five eleven? Because as I understood, this standard is uh, for the managers of information and it contains requirements uh, on, on the planning and managing of content. Yes, it it's um, addressed, but you know, a standard does not um, describe details, uh, but um, it addresses uh, important aspects and um, lists what should be considered. And um, of course, single sourcing is one point which is addressed in this standard also. Okay. Yes. Um, and let's let's uh, let's go back to those standards because I think uh, one of the objectives of this podcast is to to give the listeners an overview of the available software standards. So we've discussed the twenty six five eleven briefly, which is a standard that can help you can help managers. To, um, to to better plan, manage, uh, translate, produce, and improve the quality of, of uh, documentation. Um, uh, we've discussed the 26514 briefly, which can help actually the, the technical writers to create uh, better software documentation. Um, how can, so another one is the 265. 12, uh, which is a standard with requirements for acquirers and suppliers of information 
for users. What what what's this standard about? Yeah, company uh, leader of um, um, service documentation service company. I I really appreciate this standard because there's nothing um, comparable uh, as I know. So this standard. Um, addresses the cooperation between, as you said, contractors or <clears throat> um, uh, acquirers and suppliers of um, information for users. And again, this is really helpful in any area, not only in the software field, because it cares about the process and the <clears throat> uh, requirements on both sides. And this is so helpful. Both sides are addressed equally. On the one side, the acquisition, what should this side also uh, think about in advance? And it starts already with the um, a very good list. What can I, um, for what can I search for a supplier? Sometimes in a, um, a department, people really do not know which task can be uh, outsourced. So this is a help if you have, uh, you are overloaded with work. And ah, okay, we could out, um, we could um, uh, uh, search for a supplier for the graphic, for example, or for a review process, or for writing some parts of our documentation. So this is already uh, very helpful. And then, if you are ready to um, to say, okay, we want to outsource to a supplier, then you will find very good uh, hints what should you consider from the preparation up to the <clears throat> really finalization of a project. So you uh, see um, preparation uh, for the supplier selection on the um, acquire side and you see um, you find help for the proposal preparation on the supplier side and then you have um, you find part how to negotiate a contract between both sides so which parts should be always addressed when you uh, want to negotiate a contract so that later there won't be some <laughs> bad humor in the project so um, do it already in the contract negotiation. And then how can we manage the contract and during the process? What should we monitor? And where is the point where we should renegotiate? And all this is very helpful. And do you do you think, would you recommend to use the standard as an internal document or would you recommend to put it on the table and use it as the, well, uh, the, the information supplier and, and the, uh, the company as in, okay, we are uh, in the need of an information developer and we, we have approached you, but we want to go through this process by using the 26512. Yeah. I, I, I would even say, uh, in both cases, you can use it. Um, uh, especially if you have already a supplier, I would recommend to have a look at it. Certainly, you, you do not need to consider all these points because you find a very helpful checklist also at the end of the standard. You do not have to have any every point of this checklist, but 
you pick out what is necessary in our concrete case, and then you you know you have uh, you have um, considered this point, and this is can be very helpful in the contract later. Yeah. Yeah, because it also, for example, it discusses responsibilities on on quality quality control, for example, quality management. Exactly, and who is responsible to uh, deliver the input? I need some person or some something where I can really get the input for what I have to produce. Yeah, and all these things are addressed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because it still happens that sometimes a company thinks, okay, now I'm outsourcing everything. So I, I, my time is not needed anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but quite, but but it's always a collaboration, yeah. of course. So the information needs to come from the developer. The the questions need to be answered. Content needs to be reviewed. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's quite a complex process. <laughs> yeah, and and, um, and this is helpful for both sides, from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then of course, yeah, software documentation, but documentation in general involves a lot of things. So we're talking about hardware products, you there are always well, um, legal uh, requirements to comply with. You have to create illustrations, write user-friendly text, uh, create the templates, uh, do the output, translate, manage everything, etc., etc. Um, so yeah, in my opinion, this standard can be really helpful to give some, really some proper insight in what needs to be done in, in uh, the entire documentation development process. Let's let's move to the to the next one, Sissy, the twenty six five one three, which is the standard uh, with require with requirements for testers and reviewers of information for use. Yeah, you know this is a part which is um, very often yeah a little bit or even uh, more <laughs> neglected because of time constraints and also money. But it's also, again, very uh, essential for quality, of course, that uh, you also provide for tests and reviews. And um, in this standard, um, they collected important points for the, for this uh, task. So you find um, who... Uh, should do it again, who is responsible for testing and reviewing, uh, uh, how could usability testing be uh, set up for users uh, who are involved in using the software, Um, which um, aspects have to be considered. Accessibility is, again, a very important point, and uh, also translation and localization. Uh, is this already considered from the very beginning in the source language that perhaps or even it's already clear uh, the product and the information for user has to be translated? And um, again, here in the new version, in the updated version, user-centered test is uh, addressed. So uh, as we talked about that uh, task orientation and user task orientation, this is also relevant for the test that um, uh, the tasks that should be performed with the product are addressed in the test. And then you have also, again, some guidelines <laughs> for review. Uh, so, again, uh, it's it's not a style guide. It's not something you have worked uh, out template for your concrete environment, but you have quite helpful guidelines which you can take into consideration at the beginning 
to find your own style guide or review guide or as you call it. Yeah, but but this this standard to me it looks like really essential when you want to really improve the quality of your documentation because only well you 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 can think of what your users are going to do but um, only when you test it you know for sure what they do and how they use the software. Absolutely, and it, uh, as Alessandro said, um, we are moving to um, uh, continuous delivery in also in the uh, information for users. So there's always chance for improvement, and uh, their testing is more essential or more integrated in the normal process. I would say so. It's uh, not only at the end. <laughs> But it's integrated and then it can be done regularly and that helps to improve it, of course, the quality. Yeah. And I think one of the things that is mentioned in the standard is A-B testing of software. Mm-hmm. It, to, to me, it always sounds something like, okay, um, you really need to be a big company to have some and so have someone available who, who is, uh, whose responsibility is A-B testing. Or do, do you think that A-B testing can be done by smaller software developers as well? Yeah, it can be done, but uh, as I said already, um, uh, sometimes it's not considered from the beginning and then there's no time left to do it because you always have no time. So it's only possible if from the very beginning you say you oh, we also uh, want to test and we want to include A-B testing, so let's provide a uh, people for it and also time slots to do it. Yeah, what, what are what are the benefits of A-B testing? Have you, do you have some really some examples from daily practice that you've seen where A-B testing really helped to improve the software? I was not involved myself in such a testing process, so I have no personal experience with it. I can't say no, because, um, yeah, some... Some are also not so positive with A-B testing. They say it's not so helpful. I, I do have an example myself. So at this moment on my, my website, we're running an A-B test. So it's it's on, on the website, not, not in, well, it's software actually. Um, but we're testing, um, there is a, a, a buy now button in the, in the sh- web shop where I sell uh, templates for user manuals. And we're testing with a buy now uh, results in more sales than buy here. Uh-huh. And you have both running with the users testing it. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both uh, running at this moment. So in, in the end, we don't have any significant results yet. But in the end, uh, we know which buttons, um, yeah, has the best uh, Yeah, I think for result. this, um, uh, it can be very helpful. I uh, actually, I had a, a very interesting master thesis from a guy who also tested whether uh, considering the uh, rules for technical writing will improve the uh, searchability of your website, whether you are have uh, you will reach a higher ranking when you use um, technical writing rules. And this, and therefore, he provided the same web page in different <laughs> with normal writing and with the rules applied. And uh, he did it for one year. He had 
both sides running. And then he had really interesting um, uh, analytics coming out, and he found out, and he could um, uh, he could really um, uh, prove it with his, the numbers that. Um, um, Considering the rules from taking the writing improved searchability and the ranking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a really good example. And besides A-B testing, so I had a look in the in the standard. Um, it, it gives guidelines on how to test and review uh, the effectiveness and efficiency of your documentation. It gives guidelines how to test navigation, accessibility, customer satisfaction, usability. So they're all all yeah, the, the different things that you can review and test uh, with this standard, and then and, and thus this helps you to to improve your documentation, and create happier users, and yeah, a happier user of documentation leads leads eventually in more sales, of course, and uh, gives gives the company a, a better competitive um, advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And when you so uh, I, when you look, I d- mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> No, I just want to say I totally do, do agree that it, it's well, it's, it's quite often overlooked this standard, but it, it's uh, it's super important. And it's not too big. It's so um, um, I think that's also very helpful. The, the in in a very concise and a clear way they uh, they list important aspects, and so you have a trigger what to consider when you want to improve your uh, information for users or how you present it. And um, I think it's worthwhile. It's really worthwhile to have a, a look at it. Yeah, all right. Um, so the next standard we already discussed is that uh, 26514, the requirements for designers and developers of user information. So um, I, I would love to uh, talk more about this standard in, in another episode. But um, for the sake of this episode, let, let's uh, move to, to the next one, which is the 26514. Five. Um, it's a standard on developing information for users in an agile environment, and also, yeah, we, we talked about agile processes, and in in software development, agile processes are qu- quite common, um, meaning that you also need your docu- documentation processes to adapt to these agile processes. Correct? Yes, and uh, uh, what is extremely important to have it integrated not separate and this is perhaps the most uh, uh, yeah different part in in former times uh, user uh, development of user information was always a little bit agile already we 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 were used to agile processing even before it was called like that, because we had to be very flexible, ready for change, uh, had our different review circles often very soon already, but we were not included in the product development phases. And this has changed with with Agile uh, processing in the development area. And uh, this is is a very important difference and it helps if it's done correctly, and uh, uh, it helps to improve, of course, not only the information for users, but the product itself. It helps because, as you know, we could and we can, from our knowledge and our experience, contribute to improve, for example, the um, 
the user interface, not only one screen, but the whole structure, the navigation, what comes first, what is comes next. And this can be done uh, very strange in the software, or it can be more user-centered again. And if someone of our team is there, they have a different view on that and they can help to improve also the product. Okay, but let, let's say that you, you are, you, you're a software developer and I'm a technical writer. How, how would we work together? How would you uh, brief me in time about this new feature, software feature so I can prepare all the content and, and so we together we make sure that after, for example, this sprint of one week that the documentation is, is ready when the new feature is being released? Okay, um, uh, we do that already in my master courses in several years. We work with startups uh, who, where the companies uh, very often also produce uh, some software products. And then our people involved in the team, in the Scrum team, they sometimes they, they really produce mockups for the user interface before even the developers have produced it because uh, there are already um, some user stories, what is needed from the software feature, from the function. And then some um, information developer can already produce mockups. And, uh, you know, there are so good tools out there for producing mockups uh, uh, which show already what is wanted. So this is very helpful. You don't have to tell about it or write it down, but you can show it and even can click on something or if something happens. And um, this can be very helpful for the developer. And they, from, from my experience, are really thankful because uh, sometimes they have not so uh, creative design ideas and they uh, really appreciate this co-working. Hmm. But that means that it already needs to be clear uh, through which menu or through which um, uh pain, a certain function will be available, right? No, it uh, it can be just um, the view of the user. How would I like to see this in my user interface? And of course, you know, it's always a small piece. You In Agile developing, you don't look at the whole thing, but you pick out for each Scrum uh, <clears throat> Uh, sprint, you pick out some special features and then you only concentrate on this. And this is not so much. So you can say for this feature, this would look nice like that. Or we could imagine a design like that one, like this one. And then the developers, of course, have to check. Is it possible in our software? Is it complicated? Is it right. in a way? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's the other way around, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mm -hmm. And this can be very interesting. And, and uh, from my experience, um, I know uh, that very often, not always, you know, it's all, always how to cooperate in a team, but very often it's a very good cooperation between developer and information developer. Thank you. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting. Uh, and mm -hmm. and the, the last standard, Sissy, is about a content management for product lifecycle, user and service management documentation. It's the standard that I'm, 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 I'm least familiar with. What's the standard about and how can it, uh, can it help us to create better documentation? Yeah, and uh, I 
I think nobody knows about that standard, and I didn't know it at, uh, as well. But it ca uh, it um, considers uh, mostly the side of uh, either someone who develops such a system, like for example Fisher or somebody like that. What should we consider when we develop our content management system? For example. If we want to have an um, interface for translation, we should consider XLIF as an uh, export format. Yeah, it's such a detail, only just to let you know. This is something important for uh, someone who, um, who um, uh, develops such a system. And uh, it uh, has aspects for people who want to buy such a system in their environment and to install it. What should we consider when we want to, uh, as we talked about before, want to consider to um, bring in a content management system in our environment? And which features should the system provide? Which uh, features are important in our case? So you again have some guidelines uh, when you want to to buy such a system or install or use such a system. Thank you, Sissy. Yeah, thank you for this clarification. So we've discussed all the the six available software standards now. So I, I hope it it will um, give the users some some guidelines or some a starting point to create better software documentation we're coming to an end of this uh, podcast recording uh, before we go to the closing what, what do you think will the future bring us in in the introduction i already discussed that the the machinery directive is being revised a new legislative framework is being revised the general product safety directive um and then they, they will take software documentation uh or yeah software documentation and then software in general uh, more into account what, what's your opinion about software in the future and software documentation yeah of course i think it's uh, getting more and more important because you nearly have nothing without software today so everywhere software plays an important role and um I think regarding the standards, and, and it's a good it's a good movement. They try to harmonize in a way or reference each other more than it was used before. So they, it's not only separate words, but uh, they cooperate in the <clears throat> organizations. And so, because for people, it, it's of course nice if you have not hundreds of separate standards always dealing with some similar things <laughs> overlapping but you have a clear package and you say if, if i'm interested in that subject i look for standard uh, one and if i'm interested in that i'm look for standard two and um for this the standards will as i hope um <laughs> come more together And of course, software is very important from the product uh, aspect, which kind of product or um, what do we have to consider if we have uh, software included in our product. And we see it in all the areas where people use to produce um, pro um, information for users, for machinery, and then software came in. And this was very strange for them to 
to handle? How do we handle the software in our documentation? And only slowly they get used also this to this special kind of product. And it will be more and more integrated in the future. Yeah, I think I, th I think that as well. And, and you're of course you're um, you're connected to your professor uh, at at Karlsruhe University, uh, meaning that so actually it's it's one of the few um, technical communications well, places where you can study technical communications uh, in in Germany, but definitely maybe also in the world. Um, do you do you have an idea of where students find their job? So um, when when you've started studied technical communication, um, how big is the world of software documentation compared to the world of hardware documentation, for example? Oh, um, yeah, our students they work in a variety of jobs when they are ready. There's very wanted from the very beginning, not only uh, in the classical um, <clears throat> documentation department, but uh, also in marketing, uh, because they uh, they bring in some uh, expertise in how to do it, documentation also in marketing field effectively. They also have uh, knowledge about um, visualization, they have knowledge about new media and all these things, and that's very wanted. And regarding the classical technical writers, they are spread overall. We have a, a big um, machine industry in Germany, so quite a lot are working there, because also in our special uh, study program, they have also a technical part where they learn tech basics from engineering so they they are quite good prepared also for this sector but a lot of uh, them are working in the software industry because we also have a, a big and strong software industry uh, we have sap just next door so uh, very a lot of them uh, already are they are technical writers for years now and then all the companies around then we have uh, quite uh, quite some of them um, who founded their own company, service provider for different things for e-learning, for example. One guy is very successful in providing e-learning concepts and e-learn solutions for customers. Then we have uh, uh, software providers for documentation, classical documentation, but also consultancy, uh, helping companies to make a new information architecture, to make a whole content strategy, to set it up from the from nowhere, <laughs> and to buy um, a content management system. And everywhere there, you need consultancy, and also for the technical things, we have. Um, people who work more in the information technique. So they um, have special expertise in programming, in configuring systems for special needs, in even uh, building interfaces from one software to the other and things like that. So it's very broad. <laughs> very broad, yeah. But but in general, there there is a big market uh, for for. Yeah, software documentation. Absolutely, we have yeah. still we have a very 
wanted our students. Mm -hmm. That's that's awesome. And we, we've talked about the principles of min minimalism. And the fourth principle of minimalism is to support users to read and study, um, most mostly given at the end of a topic. Um, what would you recommend users to do after they've listened uh, this podcast episode? So definitely purchase those software standards and software documentation, those six, study on them. But are there any other good sources, uh, software documentation, books, courses, um, anything that you would recommend for them to start studying and reading? Yeah, I, I would always uh, recommend to improve knowledge and experience in topic-based structuring because there you you are you will gain if you are a profi you will gain so much flexibility and um, and also effectiveness in your um, information developing side so i i only can really recommend this to uh, to read or and and really uh, practice this kind of structuring and um, also the the book of uh, it's a former IBM publication, quality documentation, that you can even find um, good and bad examples or bad and then improved examples uh, for uh, good and <clears throat> topics. So you have very concrete and practical examples to do it. And uh, yeah, just practice it, test it out and you you have today many possibilities to do it without buying a lot of stuff or uh, expensive tools. You can do it quite easily. Everything is available through the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and free. <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Sissy. And, and of course, uh, Alessandro. Um, I think we've discussed really a lot of things about software documentation, and I hope that we provided a clear overview of at least the standard and which processes you can follow to improve the quality of your software uh, documentation. Uh, thanks for being an awesome guest. Yeah, thank you for talking with us. It was really nice uh, morning to talk about all these things and have a good day. <laughs> okay. You too, Sissy. Okay. Right, Bye-bye. I would like to thank the thousands of listeners that follow my show and I'd like you to listen to this show next week and all weeks that will follow as well. What have you got to lose? You are on your way to create happier and safer users. And I invite you to email me with your queries or just to say hi. Or maybe you want to be in the show. So continue listening or write that email right now or you won't be safe anymore. Only joking, of course.